Police Bulletin, a call to action after public hearing into missing and murdered First Nations women and children. The Housing Australia Future Fund legislation to be reintroduced when Parliament resumes this week. And the First National Scorecard assessing deforestation across Australia released. hearing into missing and murdered First Nations women and children has finished with a list of Aboriginal women who have died in custody and a poignant reminder, say her name. Latoya Rule from the Jombana Institute for Indigenous Education and Research read out some of the names of Aboriginal women who have died in custody to the Senate inquiry in Sydney. They pointed out that a great number of those related to the people who have been killed while in custody used the hashtag Say Her Name as a call to action. Yesterday, July 30th, marked the 15th anniversary of a court, ca- a court case that gave sea rights to the Yolnu people who live on the northeastern Arnhem land on the Northern Territory. The legal victory guaranteed Indigenous ownership of around 80% of the Northern Territory's coastline. The 2008 ruling ended a decade-long battle by the Yolnu people to have ownership of the intertidal zone around their lands. The move allowed traditional owners to make important decisions about fishing and commercial interests. Matt Paul, manager of indigenous programs at the Australian National Maritime Museum, says the case was a significant extension of the land rights movement. He highlighted one historical precedent, the admission of traditional indigenous artworks as legal evidence. That was um, a really significant case in lots of sort of ways. The um, 80 bark paintings that were made as part of the saltwater bark painting collection, the community see those as legal documents more so than paintings. They were presented to the High Court of Australia and the High Court of Australia actually recognised through these paintings and the, the patterns, the subject matter, that there was a deeper connection to that of the which overruled terra nullius in a sense or aqua nullius as it is. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is set to reintroduce the Housing Australia Future Fund legislation to Parliament this week, of what is expected in the lower house by October. It is the second time the bill will be introduced to Parliament, having failed to pass the Senate in June. The coalition ruled out its support for the bill from the outset, leaving the government to negotiate with the Greens and Crossbench. Greens housing spokesperson Max Chandler-Murtha told the ABC the proposed bill being reintroduced does not do enough to meet the need for social and affordable housing. I think it's important to note that under Labor's current plan, the Housing Australia Future Fund, the housing crisis will get much, much worse for two reasons. One, their proposed bill doesn't even meet the increase in need for social and affordable housing, and it does nothing for renters, for the one-third of this country who rents. I should note that they're reintroducing the bill unchanged. Legislation for an increase to the job seeker payment is also expected to be introduced as Parliament resumes this week. Social Services Minister Amanda Richworth has already announced the unemployment benefit will be lifted by $40 a fortnight starting in September. But for these changes to come into effect, Labor's safety net bill has to pass during this sitting fortnight. Cassandra Goldie from the Australian Council for Social Service says welfare groups are disappointed by the level of the increase as it's still well below what was recommended by the government's own Economic Inclusion Advisory Committee. 
every dollar is welcome, but this won't get us where we need to be. Job seeker will still be a poverty payment, um, despite um, this increase coming through in September. Missing Persons Week has begun in an effort to raise awareness of long-term missing persons and shed light on the trauma experienced by those loved ones who are left behind. The feelings of hope and hopelessness felt by the loved ones of those missing is known as ambiguous loss and is considered to be one of the most traumatic types of grief and yet there are very few support services available. To bridge the gap, the Mist Foundation has now launched a free online masterclass to help police, social workers and families navigate the grief. Dr. Sarah Wayland, an associate professor at the University of New England, has created and hosted the masterclass. The challenge when someone is missing is that there's no possibility of sitting with or learning to accept that the loss has occurred. So that loss remains in that really uncertain, traumatic space for longer periods of time. The first national scorecard assessing deforestation across Australia, Australian states and territories has been released. The scorecard issued by the World Wide Fund for Nature Australia assesses which states are leading the way in protecting and restoring trees and which states are lagging behind. New South Wales and Queensland have both been given the status of very poor on the scorecard, securing a position as Australia's worst clearers of trees. Dr Stuart Blanche is a conservation scientist with WWF Australia. He says the scorecard brings attention to the positive work being done by some states and territories, as well as the urgent need for improvement in some locations if Australia is to reach set targets. It shows a bag of mixed results. No government gets good or let alone very good. And we have a couple at very poor. So we all have a long way to go, particularly if we're going to achieve the Australian government's commitment to halt and reverse forest loss and land degradation by 2030. The federal government is reassuring Indonesian authorities that Australian animal exports are free from the deadly lumpy skin disease. Indonesia has paused exports from four Australian facilities spending further testing of animals after a small number of exported cattle were detected with the disease. But Federal Agriculture Minister Murray Watt says Australia remains free of the disease. The federal government has briefed state and territory ministers, met with Australia's ambassador to Indonesia and other departmental officers and began rapid diagnostic testing of cattle across northern Australia. An air safety investigation team has arrived in Queensland to examine the crash of an Australian army helicopter during exercise Talisman Sabah. There are grave fears for the lives of the crewmen who have now been identified as Captain Daniel Lyon, Lieutenant Maxwell Nagent, Warrant Officer Class 2 Joseph Laycock and Corporal Alexander Nags. They were on board the Taipan helicopter when it crashed in water near Queensland's Lindemann Island on Friday. Minister for the Environment and Water Tanya Plibersek told Sky News while a thorough investigation into what went wrong will take place, the first priority is on finding those still missing. Our first focus is on finding the four missing personnel and on supporting their families. Of course, the next very important question is what's gone wrong here? What's gone wrong mechanically? Uh, of course, The investigation has to be thorough and it has to be complete. We need answers. 
Australia has resumed its place in an international military training exercise following the army helicopter crash in Queensland, feared to have claimed the lives of its four crew members. Talisman Sabah Exercise Director Brigadier Damian Hill says he temporarily paused the exercises over the weekend to allow personnel to contact family in the wake of the crash, but drills have now recommenced in the Northern Territory and Western Australia. Meanwhile, Defence Minister Richard Marles and his United States counterpart Lloyd Austin have met with soldiers from the multiple countries participating in the war games. Speaking in Townsville, Defence Secretary Austin says the two weeks of integrated training speaks to the country's united vision for the region. We will continue to stand by our, our allies. This exercise helps us strengthen our unbreakable alliance and our vision for that free and open Indo-Pacific. I'm proud, really proud, that we have 13 countries participating in this year's exercise who share that common vision. At least 42 people have been killed and more than 130 injured in a bomb attack at a political rally in Pakistan's northwest. The blast took place at a gathering of the conservative Jamiat Ulema Islam Fazi party, known for its links to hardline political Islam in the area of Bajor, which borders Afghanistan. A shooting in Michigan has wounded five people, including two who are in a critical condition. The Lansing Police Department says officers responded to reports of a shooting early Sunday morning. The five victims have been transported to a hospital by the Lansing Fire Department. Local police say several people were detained and officers found multiple firearms at the scene. And to sport, Australian tennis warrior Alexei Popirin has overcome severe leg cramping to outlast a triple Grand Slam champion Stan Wawrinka in an epic clay court encounter to claim his second ATP Tour 250 title. Popirin, Popirin rallied from a set down and had to draw on all reserves in the decider, the decider to defeat Wawrinka 6-7, 6-3, 6-4 in a Croatian Open final in Umag that stretched past two and a half hours. The 23-year-old struggled to move and was forced to go for broke at every opportunity to shorten rallies in Sunday night's humid conditions. But the former French Open junior champion came up trumps to join an illustrious group of names including newly crowned Wimbledon champion and world number one Carlos Alcaraz on the tournament's honor roll. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, sunny 26, Perth, partly cloudy 20, Adelaide, possible shower 16, Melbourne, partly cloudy 17, Hobart, showers and windy 30 degrees, Albury, Wodonga, mostly sunny 12, Canberra, cloud clearing 16 degrees, Wollongong, sunny 22, Sydney, also sunny 22, Newcastle, similar conditions, Brisbane, sunny 27, Townsville, mostly sunny 26, Cairns, a shower 227, Alice Springs, partly cloudy 24, Darwin, sunny 33, and the Red Islands, a mostly cloudy day, at the top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.